tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. Well, happy Valentine's Day, Christine. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you too, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what a great day. I know, I know. It is a good day. And it's also not just Valentine's Day, but it's National Ferris Wheel Day. So I thought that was interesting. I wonder how many of our listeners have Ferris wheels, like small, large, like they can be really big and they can be really small, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. What a great place to go on a date, though, on Valentine's Day. Get a little picnic, a little glass of champagne on the wheel and sip it as you're watching the beautiful sunset i don't know know. (laughs) it'd be too cold to do that here that's for sure yeah 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 exactly it'd be a little it'd be a little chilly to do it here too right now so anyway i guess uh, you celebrate ferris wheel day in warmer weather right right, right, yeah that's good all right well uh, one other thing keep forgetting to mention uh but uh, fun across america one of our one of our good friends and partners over there fun across america they have released their latest video they actually did last week it came out on thursday and it's a two-bit circus and it covers the one both in la and talks a little bit a little bit about the one in dallas um, but really focuses mostly on what's going on in the um, los angeles location and so definitely go there take a take a look a two-bit circus has done some really interesting things with some of the attractions that they've developed and um yeah we'll uh, hopefully have a little bit more to share about two-bit circus down the line as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fingers crossed all right. All right. <laughs> so yesterday, it was just, was it just yesterday or is this week at least? It might've been Monday. Yes. I think it was Monday. Okay. So Monday we talked about Disney partnering with Epic Games to create an entire Disney experience. So di- like a, a whole new land and a whole world with like six, uh, six different lands and partnering with Fortnite, using the Unreal Engine to develop, uh, you know, develop. We showed a little video of the theme park, you know, the online theme park and you know, sort of metaverse type experience. And it said it's coming soonish. Well, uh, okay. Universal has done a little bit of, as our friend Kevin Williams would say, pissing in Disney's Cheerios. And he, they did this by announcing today that they have teamed up with Minecraft to release their virtual theme park dubbed Minecraft times or X universal studios DLC. And that stands for downloadable content. So the Minecraft X universal studios DLC experience. And the whole goal is to, um, to bring some of universal's popular rides and experiences from around the world, not just in the U S into Minecraft users homes. And their quote here is that this new offering is our biggest and most detailed Minecraft map yet. So this is not their first time they've done a Minecraft map, but this is the first time that they've built an entire virtual Universal Studios theme park. And it has um, eight different lands, the Hollywood land, New York, San Francisco, Amity Island, Hill Valley, the the lower lot, Jurassic World and Skull Island. And uh, we'll take a you know a little bit of a, a look here of the map that they've developed. So this is the actual Minecraft map. And as you can see, here's the different locations that we were just talking about. And you know, if you can actually, of course, purchase in-game merchandise, you can shop at the Back to Future Gifts, Universal Studio Store, ET's Toy Closet, 
um, and more. And then I don't know how you do this, but for in-game dining, you can also visit Hollywood and Dine, Amity Boardwalk Snacks, Isla Nubar, get it, Nubar, um, and uh, you know, and more. So I don't know if you just buy fake food and then consume it, or if you can get stuff that then helps your energy level in Minecraft. But um, anyway, yeah, this- they have they get a system where it gets dropped off at your door within ten minutes after you order it. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would actually be pretty freaking awesome. They just like partner with dark ghost kitchens, if you know, in different yeah. different cities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is um, not coming soonish. This is now here, and so I'd love to. They they put out a little bit of a video because yeah, this is awesome. like it's not like you're just walking around. You can actually go and ride on these rides. So they posted a video to Twitter, and so we'll take a look at that now. It's amazing how far this has come. I know. It's pretty pretty incredible. I mean, like, Florian, you've got, I'm traveling around Jurassic World and Skull Island. Yeah. Long ride. Wow. Like, who were the people that got to put this together and design it? I would imagine it's developers from. Universal, who they probably brought on their own Minecraft developers and developed this in house. What a fun job. Yeah. So, pretty, pretty incredible, you know, Jaws experience and so many more different things. So, it's uh, it, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that is super cool. Good for Universal. And, and, you know, as we were talking about earlier, we're like, what came first? Like, was this under development at Universal and Disney caught on? They're like, oh, man, we better get something out in front of people. So they brought, you know, soonish <laughs> to the table or, you know, did, was it reverse? But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty fascinating. Uh, can't wait to get in there and give that a try. Yeah, Universal just seems to be really taking it to Disney pretty hard. They're opening, obviously, Epic Universe in Orlando. They're opening, well, they're starting construction on their smaller micro theme park for kids in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And, you know, they've, they've announced a UK project and like they're just rolling. And Disney's like, uh, maybe we'll update a bunch of our attractions at our existing theme parks. So, anyway, Disney really needs to get things rolling here. Well, you know what also has taken it really hard is NFTs. You know, last year, those things just got bashed, right? Like they lost value in the market. Uh, I know I personally got hit really hard on those. (laughs) Don't want to talk about that without crying. But, you know, a lot of people were saying they're going to die. They're going to be gone. And that's the end of them. And I mean, I've always held on and said, you know what, maybe the NFT in the art world will kind of die. But there is definitely a use case for this going forward. And it looks Mm -hmm. like Disney is going to be pulling that out from their sleeve. So Disney is really kind of embracing a new type of uh, a system to uh, deal with faulty or um, fake admissions or counterfeit tickets right now. And so they patented a new ticket and admission system to counter these fake tickets. Now, what they're doing is they're creating a temporary wallet using a smart contract that will correlate with a digital asset. Guests can show the digital asset or use the print of the physical uh, thing that they'll print from the digital asset at the entrance to actually gain uh, access to the park. Now, if you're familiar with blockchain, you'll recognize these terms, wallet, smart contract, digital asset. 
which are really all, it's a form of an NFT sitting on the blockchain, right? Now, I really, truly didn't think that the blockchain was going to go away or these kind of NFTs as we call them. And it looks like Disney is going to be utilizing that technology to create a different admission system. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's awesome. And I think we have a picture of it as well here. Oh, right. Well, um, I have a So, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, it's obviously it's, just it's a, a remission ticket. I know. I wish I could find a digital asset to show what it would actually look like, like what a wallet will look like, because you'll be able to access it on your phone and you'll be able to see on your phone your ticket. And what I think, and I'll give you a second here after I... I just uh, talk about this is that Disney is probably going to open this up to create bigger experiences within the park, because what I would think they would do is if everybody has a wallet on their phone, if you go to a ride, you'll be able to scan at that ride and create a ride memory that you rode that ride and you can put it in your wallet. You'll be able to show it off to your friends and then kind of use that as a memoir or, you know, a photo book of all the different things that you did within the park. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, first of all, I think in order for there to be mass consumer adoption, it's, they're going to have to drop words like smart contract and NFTs. Like we've talked about this before, not on the show as much, but we've, you know, definitely had this conversation um, separately. And, and so like, it just has to be accessible for the average person. And it can't be like, I have to download a MetaMask or a Coinbase wallet and like load this NFT in there. Like it's definitely going to have to be integrated into my Disney land app or my Disney world app in some meaningful way. Um, and, but I do think it's, it's, it's really interesting I don't know. I mean, other than like proof of like proof of attendance and things like that, like being able to show off all the cool places I visited and it being able to just track that and like I get a little digital token every time I go on a different ride or whatever. Like, there's lots of cool things it could do, but like, I don't know why my admissions to Disney needs to be immutable, right? Like, why does it have to be on the blockchain? And and you know, other unless they really are getting significant counterfeit issues. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Like this system is being built specifically to counter that issue. So they must they must be getting a lot of that. Yeah, interesting. Well, uh, it'd be see it'd be cool to see how it plays out because obviously, if this works well for amusement in a you know amusement park uh, and theme park admissions, then there's probably some smaller version or application that could be used in LBE. Um, you know, so it'd be really cool to watch how they how that develops. Awesome. All right. Well, so there's a new uh, a new venue coming out just off the Las Vegas Strip. And so I don't know. I doubt that this one is going to get visited as part of the North uh, IAPA's North America Summit coming up in Vegas. I don't think it's going to make the cut uh, since we're going to the Sphere and we're going to uh, Area 15. But this is definitely a place that I want to go check out when I'm there because... It's called Spine Ninjas, and it's opened by Ch- Chad Wildclay, and v- and I don't know how to say it. It's V or Vi Quaint, and they're YouTube, like big YouTube stars. They have a you know YouTube series called Spine Ninjas, and they decided to take all of the different um, you know, things and experiences they do on their YouTube show and bring them into their actual, into an actual facility. So it's a pretty straightforward adventure park they developed. It's multi-level escape rooms, VR, axe throwing, arcade, trampolines, indoor zip line. Um, so in fact, it's the largest indoor zip line in Las Vegas. They can't claim the long uh, outdoor because that exists already. Um, but they're, you know, basically created this and it's all fully themed and branded around their Spy Ninjas brand. And so obviously when you're there, you'll be able to take selfies with all the different Spy Ninjas stuff. If you're a big Spy Ninjas follower, 
And then you can also buy a bunch of Spineage's merch while you're there too. So like you can, yeah. like, obviously it makes sense to do that. And so, you know, I wanted to just show their website, um, you know, because they've actually got, you know, quite a, quite a number of different things here, escape rooms, VR. And I thought what was great is they actually integrated themselves and their other people who are like the guests on their shows. So the climbing wall right here, this is uh, Chad and Vi, uh, you know, on the, the climbing wall and, you know, they're in all these pictures. So definitely took time to come down and brand themselves into their own facility. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's a really important step for them to take because if they're trying to get their following to come out to this. People want to know that maybe they'll run into them there or they are actually, you know, they've hung out there and, oh, yep. cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So their YouTube channel has 521,000 subscribers to the Spy Ninjas channel, but each of them individually have several, um, like tens of millions of subscribers to their own individual personal channels. So both of these, you know, collectively, they have about 40 million subscribers across their, uh, their, their various YouTube channels. And so they clearly have a big audience. This is likely not going to be their first location or only location. Um, I'm sure they have plans to expand this, uh, you know, throughout the U.S., <laughs> Watch out. I've got my uh, five star dart here or whatever. All right, good. Yeah. And you can actually, they do in their actually, you could do uh, throwing stars instead in oh, their, wow. uh, in their axe throwing. And oh, by the way, I will say they're, they have rage rooms, but it's fruit ninja style because apparently it's a big thing that they wow. do on their shows is they like go fruit ninja and they like smack a bunch of fruit and stuff on their, on their YouTube channels. I went and watched some of their YouTube shows just to get a sense for it. And it's a bunch of wackadoos and I don't really get it, but whatever. I'm sure a lot of kids clearly love it. Kids these days love that kind of stuff. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, good for them. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have to give it a watch. I'm curious to know a little bit more about what they do. Uh, all right. Well, it feels like pickleball has been hot and heavy this week. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's like it's like today. It's much like many of you will be doing on Valentine's Day, getting hot and heavy. Uh, anyway, like everything, it sounds like is opening. So I just wanted to share a couple places with you. So let me share the screen here, and we want we're going to look at this first place. It's called the Dink and Dime Pickle Park. Now, of course, I, first I saw it, I'm like Dink. I'm like, well, oh, they're just using that, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, that's the that's the sound of the the ball hitting the paddle or something like that, right? Yeah, and it, it is actually a type of um, it is a type of hit in in pickleball oh, as well. Okay. I know because I'm an avid uh, pickleball right. player and I'm a I'm a pickleball pro, so that's how I know. Right, that. right. Yeah. Okay, so this dink and dine pickle bar is going to be opening up in Mesa at the end of this year. Now, uh, somewhere on their YouTube or uh, another channel, they said November 2024 was actually going to be open. So you can see a quick little sketch of what it looks like here, which is cute. Now they're integrating some experiential food and drink options. And something that I thought was actually great is they're also doing other things there. So they're going to have live music and entertainment acts, cornhole bocce, all that fun stuff. They're incorporating a dog park and bar, which I think is a totally hot item right now. And has a lot of legs or a lot of woofs, whatever you want to say. They'll be using local beer, wine, a lot of tails. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, local beer and wine doing some pop-ups. So I actually think that this place might not too bad, be too bad if they can actually create kind of like a community atmosphere and feeling out of it for people to pop into and uh, check out. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a, a couple of places throughout Arizona that have, that are like dog friendly patios and things. And like, it's cool that they have the dog park, um, and there's a number of places that do really well because they have good F and B good drinks and they have 
ping pong and they have some cornhole and they have like just like little yard games, but they do really well. Like culinary dropout is one of those brands here throughout Phoenix. And so I think as long as they can foster like the culinary dropout, you know, quality food, quality drinks, cool place to hang out, but then they also have pickleball, then it really just becomes more of an entertainment facility than it is like a true location-based entertainment thing where they've like, like pickleball is the main focus. And I think that's really where they'll have success, uh, you know, yeah. because as I just don't believe in the pickleball as a form of entertainment, long, you know, long-term concept. I just don't think it will work. Yeah. It's so, it's so bizarre to me how many places are opening. So sport time pickleball also announced, they just secured a 5,000 square foot place in New Jersey where they're going to be adding tons of courts. Like, man, that's a lot, right? Then there's square this- feet is like room for like four courts, by the way, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. So also Top Spins Hit Lab in Saskatoon just opened and they're a racket and sport club. Now they'll have racquetball, they'll have tennis. They have a new kind of VR tennis system that they're putting in, but they will also have some pickleball courts. But I thought what they had done with their pickleball courts is quite unique. And I want to share this cute little video that they did as well. Bear with me as I pull this up, but they offer glow in the dark pickleball, which again, I don't think... Let me know that you can see this. There you go. Glow in the dark pickleball. So I thought that this was fun. They're creating a unique atmosphere. I don't think this is anything that a community center is going to do. And they bringing in DJs and music and it gives people a fun opportunity to kind of play pickleball under the lights and with their unique little glow in the dark clothes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cosmic pickleball. All right. I mean, yeah. I think, I think I get it. We were just looking at the cosmic oh. skeet shooting, um, you know, or clay shooting. So like if yeah. we can do cosmic clay shooting, then we can do cosmic pickleball. Sure. Right. And so, I mean, who knows how long that holds out for and how long people want to continue to do it for, but at least they added a new element to it. So they're jazzing it up and making it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing I just struggle with, with pickleball, and obviously, we, you know, I, I put it in my 2024 predictions that yes. 2024 will see the last pickleball project announced and we won't see any new projects announced in 2025. One could hope. Um, but the, <laughs> but the, I, I, the reason is, is it's it's an athletic. It, well, it is an athletic sport. Whether you actually can, we make that argument, it's an athletic sport, and combining that with like a bunch of alcohol and food, like the last thing I want to do is like eat a big meal and then go like run around on a court, and like that's why all the other types of games we play are like it's bocce and you stand in one place and roll a ball, or it's cornhole, you stand in one place and throw a bag or it's shuffle board. You stand in one place and push a shuffle thing. You're not running around on a court after you've just consumed a bunch of alcohol and played. And so like I had a struggle to see those two things combined, right? Like all the main social attainment, like competitive sports type stuff, you're standing, you're practically stationary and competing, but you're not moving. And so you can have that drink and you can do that stuff. That's my one issue with pickleball is that it just doesn't seem to fit the entertainment model. I see what you're saying. Now I've never played pickleball, so I don't have any reference around that, but my understanding of pickleball was it was actually kind of easy and you were just kind of standing here. And in my thought you could actually sit there and drink a beer as you're kind of paddling your ball. No, there's no way. There's no way. It's not like if you like even like ping pong, right? If you really get aggressive with ping pong, it's not a stationary sport. Pickleball, no matter how casual you want to play, is not stationary. There's no way you could hold an open drink and play pickleball. There's no way you could hold food and play pickleball. Those two things just don't go hand in hand. And so that's why I just struggle with this concept. And we'll see. I could be totally wrong. In fact, I probably will be wrong, even as though I don't want to be. But, um, you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, well, there's a lot of people, maybe they want to work their beer off, you know, yeah, they just had a pint and they need to get on the old pickleball court, work that off. I don't know. People are funny. Yeah, I guess. No? I guess. Yeah. You know, and the only thing I could see is it being the after play, right? So I come, I play because I have gone and played with a group of friends and we played for a little while, a couple of hours, we got some, we got some sweat on and then we went and had a beer afterwards at the local bar. Right. So like, that's what I could see, but like the classic entertainment model isn't that I'm doing everything collectively together, right? Even yeah. Putchak does the same thing. I bring my food to a table. I take my drink around while I go play boy, I go play mini golf. Right. 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 I mean, I could see if they were doing a lot of tournament play on the weekends and they were getting spectators to come. So the spectators are sitting in the stands drinking and eating while they're watching some of the competitors and then they come off and they have some that that potentially could work, but maybe Mm -hmm. it'll just be the combination of the whole and all those different ideas that come together to create a really unique space to hang out in. Yep, totally. And I think at least of all of them, I'm most bullish on Dink and Dine so far, frankly, even over Camp Pickleball and some others, or Camp Pickle and some others that we've seen. Um, Dink and Dine, at least in their concept, seems to have at least a good mix of other things beyond just pickleball. So yeah, um, and you know, I, I agree. Well. I think that'll be key. I think that'll be key. You bet. Yeah. All right. right. Awesome. Well, LBXers, we hope you all have a phenomenal Valentine's Day. And you go yeah. get out there, Aww. play some pickleball, eat some chocolate, and make some love. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Keep kicking ass. Bye, guys.